Welcome to the Connected Families Podcast, your listening guide to parenting with peace and connection. I'm Stacy Bellward, here with co-founder of Connected Families, Jim Jackson. Welcome, everyone. We are pleased that you're here with us today on the Connected Families Podcast. We are, we are in the middle of a 10 um, episode series on what should I do when, and I've covered lots of different topics, like what should I do when my child won't calm down, mm-hmm. and what should I do when my child lies to me, lots of other ones. But today, Jim, we're covering another another emotional one. Which means we're going to bring Lynn in as our guest today, That's right? right. Yep, <laughs> the emo- Lynn gets the emotional ones. Lynn, welcome. Well, I'm good to be here. But what is this question? I'm dying to know. Okay, the question is, what should I do when my child is hitting me? Ooh, hitting. We see this in the grocery stores, at church, Uh when kids don't want to leave, when kids don't want to go. Yeah, and it can look kind of innocent, right, when they're two years old. I don't want to do it. (laughs) And it gets a little scarier as they get bigger and bigger. And we've gotten questions from people, teenagers, whose kids can be violent. And so it can be met with... yeah. So Heaviness. there's got to be a one-size-fits-all answer for this, Lynn, don't, <laughs> don't well, you Well, there's not. It makes a big difference how how big and how potentially sure it does. violent the child is, too. Right, right. So we do like to start with a quick response or a quick answer to this. We know mm-hmm. that's a little bit more complicated today, yeah. but maybe you could start us off with some Well, thoughts. yeah, let's assume for the sake of the conversation that the, the kiddos, at least at this point, are a little younger. Okay. They're, you know, they're the preschool and early school age kids who get mad and hit mom or dad. Mm-hmm. What's the quick answer to a mom or dad whose child does this regularly? Well, the quick answer is two things. One, try to figure out what their hands are trying to say. Because mm-hmm. if their mouth could say it, their hands wouldn't need to say it. Wow. That's and, good. And then number two is to just keep you both safe in the most loving way possible. Mm. So what parents often do is they go charging in with big energy and try to override it. Yep. And then that makes things worse. Well, so which is really, I like the order you did that in. So uh, you gave you gave sort of a two-step process. Yeah. One is figure out what's happening in the brain. What is this child trying to say? And then keep everybody safe. What parents, I think, typically do, and they justify doing it in the name of, we got to keep that kid safe, and I got to keep me safe, and we got to teach that child right now that it's not okay to hit. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. start there. Which then aggravates the child's fight or flight. It's just a spiral of the parent gets yeah. more upset, and too. You've, so you've talked about this fight or flight thing in other episodes. Uh, say just a brief word about what that means. Well, in fight or flight, uh, we resort to our most primitive functions, which is usually using physical force Mm -hmm. to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so our frontal lobes go offline and verbal skills diminish. And then all the things that we need to truly calm ourselves down are not available to us because our brain thinks, I have to dominate my opponent, my attacker, in order to survive. So what that looks like, I mean, just I'm I'm picturing seeing that play out in a grocery store Mm -hmm. where the little child is in the line and they want the gum and the parent says no and the child starts hitting mom or dad on the hip. Mm -hmm. And the the parent turns to them and says that is not okay. And they grab the child and they lift him up and they put him in the cart, Mm -hmm. uh, which is about keeping everybody safe first. But what did they just teach the child? That if you can't control yourself, I'm going to dominate you and control you versus if you can't control yourself, I'm going to understand and try to empower you to control yourself. Okay, and so how would helping that child, what was that first thing that you said? Step one was we have to say for our kids what they can't say for themselves. So what, what, in that grocery cart example, mm-hmm. what does that look like? 
That might look like, you really want that gum? While they're hitting me? I'd be backing away. Okay, so, so the way you're, you're keeping them safe is to back away? Yeah. Uh, to, to not, and, and then to put words in their mouth? Mm-hmm. Yep. If they feel really understood, the need to hit, it, it just subsides. Because you found the right words, yeah, and those right words, words connect with their right. brain, and that helped them yeah. settle down. It's really important to realize the child is hitting because they don't have words. So I have a really embarrassing story to share. Um, about how that can be true even for adults. Was, was I there? I was making a cake for a girl's friend's birthday. Yeah. And Jim thought, of course, as a newlywed, that my world revolved around him and I was making it, it for him. Oh. So he's raiding the dough bowl and I'm on the phone uh-huh. waving at him like, go away, stop it, stop it. No, you can't have it. And he thinks, oh, this is a fun game because she's making it for me and I don't care how it turns out. So he keeps diving in and diving in and I'm getting more furious you with my... You know what she did? <laughs> and then I whacked him. She hit me with the spoon <laughs> on the hand. <laughs> <laughs> this, was, this was a newlywed moment for us that was terrible and he retreated to the living room almost in tears and I'm no, like... No, not ah. almost. I literally was like, oh my gosh, what has... What? What did I marry? She's making cookies for me. This is my cookie dough, and she hit me. <laughs> so I share that, that terrible, vulnerable story just to help parents realize when your kids hit, it's because they don't have words. I was on the phone. I couldn't say, stop it. This is for Carol. You have no business rating this and messing up the proportions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I had no words, yeah. so I... I escalated to the point of hitting. Wow. Yeah. I've never heard you use that story to make this point, and it's brilliant. It is. <laughs> it, is. It, is. it really helps parents understand. Yeah. When our words are constricted and they just won't come, yeah. then self-protection says I have to hit. Mm-hmm. So if we can help our child to feel safe and then empowered to use words, then we're teaching skills in the midst of this crisis situation instead of just trying to manage their behavior, suppress or intimidate them into submission, which hasn't taught them anything except to submit to angry power, which is another whole talk. Right, right. And we're just looking at behavior. So it's stepping back and finding out what's going on underneath it and then giving our kids words for that. Right. We are here to provide you with the best resources for peaceful parenting and connection. Sometimes a visual reminder is the most powerful tool. Receive our framework magnet for a quick visual reminder of all you've been learning through Connected Families. Follow the link in the show notes to order yours now. Okay, Jim and Lynn, so I know from being around Connected Families for a few years now that the framework that we just talked about in the commercial is central to everything that we do here. Every topic that we cover, we always run it through the framework. But this one, hitting me, I mean, does, isn't that just sort of very black and white, like stop the hitting? <laughs> Stacy, the I... magnet really does say it all. And, <laughs> and we'd love to talk that through as yes. it relates to this. Volatile. Please do that. You know, there's that scenario and we're at the store and our child wants the thing and we say no and they get mad because they know and, you know, out in public especially, there's a certain power they have when they act in certain ways and they hit us to get what they want. In the foundation part of our lives, there's something inside of us that compels us to do what we do next. Out of the abundance of our hearts, our mouths speak, we do what we do. And what most parents do, they justify because the child should not behave that way. And the reason that I'm acting the way I do is because of how my child behaved. That is not true. The reason that you reacted the way you did is because of what's in your heart. Mm-hmm. 
which is a heavy thing to understand. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we invite parents to reflect about that. Like in that moment, what's going on in you? What's happening? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you accessing? Are you aware of the embarrassment? Are you aware of the shame that you might feel as a parent that compels you to get this child under control immediately or maybe to give in to what they're asking so that people stop looking at me? Right. Like, mm-hmm. And you, you don't do that in the heat of the moment necessarily, but later you're going to be in the car and you're going to have done whatever you do. The reflection question isn't, what should I have done differently to prevent that from happening? The reflection question we've found most helpful in that foundation part of our lives mm-hmm. that helps us become safer parents is, what was happening in me when that went down? We actually saw that in action outside of a Disney store of all places where a little guy was having a meltdown, screaming, smacking his parent. The initial response of the parent was big, domineering, no, you don't, that's not okay. And as that just escalated the child, which it tends to do because their brain goes further into fight or flight, then the parent totally didn't about face, kind of looked sheepishly at everyone around them and gave the child the toy ahead of time. Yeah, the thing that was in the bag. So they'd been in the Disney store, bought something for the child. He wanted it now. She said no. Fight, fight, fight. And then he gets the toy. Mm-hmm. So this is not a model. No, this but, is it's, not but the it model. shows no. how much our embarrassment and our beliefs impact right. how we respond mm-hmm. in that. So that's where the foundation piece is so important. If we're going to have a response to our child that's truly helpful, and we talk about specifics about that in the online course, it has to come from a heart attitude, not just a quiet voice. And so we ask that question, what am I believing about that? Because if we engage with our anxiety, and when a child is hitting you, it's really easy to have beliefs like, what is wrong with this child? Or what have I done wrong? Or where is this going to go? And let's make this stop right let's away. Let's make this stop right understanding right it without going deeper underneath the layers of what's going on here. Let's just get a strategy that makes this stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, those kind of responses are the very thing that keeps parents stuck because then it's this big power struggle and it's the child feels misunderstood and he wants to hit even more. Mm-hmm. So it's really important in this foundation piece when a child is hitting you to have helpful beliefs. So some practical examples of that, just even the thought, God's mercy is real right now, right here. We'll get through this. Mm. Another one is, my child is really stressed and doesn't have words. Another one is, this is normal for young kids. And it is. A study showed that this aggressive behavior kind of peaks at about three and a half years of age when kids have these big feelings, but they don't have the words yet to really express those. And for sensory kids, you know, kids with sensory sensitivities (laughs) or ADHD, you know, that peak can be quite a bit later. So when we tell that cookie story from now on, can I say, Lynn was acting three and a half at the time. I was, totally. (laughs) Stop. Get get out of my cookie dough. (laughs) That really resonates with it gives me, me more though. compassion for what happened <laughs> all these years later. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the three-year-old. The thing that resonates with me is saying to myself, this is normal. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is normal. This is what a lot of kids yep. at this age yes. are acting. It doesn't make it right or that I don't need to deal with it, right? right? That's going to sure. come up in a second right now. But it's the way that I can move past, I'm embarrassed right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to deal with this, like the reaction or the big anger or the passivity of give Mm -hmm. the toy. It gets you past that to that calm place. That's what all those Mm -hmm. new thoughts are creating. And and in our foundation, what we do is we build the capacity as parents to experience stuff like that through the lens of understanding 
our child is doing what a child does, understanding mm-hmm. that our child is doing what I maybe have even taught that child or what that child has learned in other places. And I can do a better job of helping that child unlearn all of this stuff. Yeah. Number one, by not giving into it. Number two, and again, at the outset of the, the program, can I access those two immediate answers? Can I reflect on this well a little bit about what's going on? And can I just keep us both safe? So instead of grabbing the child's hand who's hitting me, yeah. can I step away? You know, when you're struggling like this, I'm going to put you in the cart and I'm going to stand over here and you can scream all you want right now, but we're going to get through the line and get to the car. Yeah. And keep my heart calm, even though it's hard and keep talking in little bursts of words that maybe my child can understand depending on their age. Mm -hmm. Because that calm is safety, and Mm -hmm. that's where we are, right? It's the message, you are safe with me. I have controlled my emotions Mm -hmm. right now. Doesn't matter how you behave, I'm okay right now, and that's safe to a child. Part of that safety is, is protecting the child from the hurtful behavior of hitting someone else. So that's where protecting everyone is really important, you know, trying to get some space but not abandoning the child. So I was coaching with a mom who was, she was pregnant and her husband was deployed and she had a five-year-old aggressive daughter. And it was really important to keep everybody safe. So the strategy that we came up with was that she bought a beanbag chair and that was her buffer with her child so that the child was not able to get to her and hit her. So she literally held it up between her and the child. Yep, she held it up between her and the child. Yeah. And what were the words that she said or how did she show up in that? Well, she explained it when she was getting it of how important it was for her to keep everyone safe in the family. And she wanted to keep the daughter safe and keep her safe and keep the new baby safe. And so then the beanbag chair represented safety, not you're a bad girl and I am going to control you. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. So moving up the framework, we're now on the you are loved no matter what. Mm -hmm. How does that message come out? Well, we've already spent some time talking about examples of empathy and how that can just be really helpful for kids. But it really is. And research shows this. All good restraint training for explosive situations teaches the people how to do empathy. And even in hostage negotiation, the FBI is trained to do a five-step process called active listening, empathy, rapport, influence, and finally, behavior change, mm-hmm. which is what you're looking for Come in a hostage situation. Like <laughs> yeah. But they don't <laughs> run into, all right, buddy, this is not going to be okay. We are outgunning you. <laughs> so if, if we feel held hostage That's by right. our kids right. hitting exactly tantrums, yeah. then we start by listening and then empathizing. What does empathy look like with a five-year-old who's hitting me? Mm -hmm. Well, it depends on what they're hitting you about. It's like, I'm trying to get you into the car to go to the doctor. It might be, doctor appointments can be scary. They can be scary, but I will be with you. I will be with you. It Mm -hmm. can just be that simple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we move on to coach, which is the message you are called and capable. Yeah. So again, it's hard sometimes to separate what's going on here. Are we are we empathizing and connecting, or are we starting to put words in our kids' mouths that become their inner voice of coaching? And the answer is yes, not <laughs> this or that. But sure. you know, the the way that we empathize then gives us an opportunity to open the kids' minds just a little bit to settle them down so that they can hear the words that we're using. You're really upset right now. Why don't you use your words to tell me you're upset instead of your hands? And a child might say. Why? You just scream at the top of their lungs. I'm so mad at you. 
I, they might even say, I hate you. To which we go back mm-hmm. to that foundation and mm-hmm. it's okay, the child is doing the best they know how to do to say really hard things and it's my job to help them learn. That's a good job. You used your words. Now those words are a little strong too. So I want to help you with that. Say it again this way. You're mad. Say, I'm mad. I'm mad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice work. You're, mm-hmm. you're growing. I love that because our very last episode, last week's episode, was on the gifts gone awry. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you just did too right there. You called out their gifting of using their words yep. but taught them how to use it in a better way. If the aggression stops quickly, even if the words are pretty awful, then you can celebrate that. And I've seen parents whose kids are really, really physically aggressive. The next phase isn't peaceful problem solving of the challenge. (laughs) The next phase is, I hate you, mommy, or you're a potty face or something. Mm -hmm. It's like they shift from aggressive hands. Potty face. That's a new one. I I may remember that when we get now heated. Careful now. You you didn't learn that from me. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Anyway, even if the words are really awful, it's the next step towards respectful self-advocacy, you know, respectfully saying what's important to them. So there's that messy, nasty in-between time that you have to put up with temporarily as you guide the child towards more respectful use of their word. Thank you for that, Lynn. Because sometimes as parents, we're like, okay, when I do this, it's going to be all better. What we're trying to do is help kids say the words that they need to say. Young kids aren't going to learn that right away. They've been trained to not say that. And so we have to sort of untrain them, if you will, little by little. And the way that we help coach them, and even the way that we help keep them responsible. So moving into the next layer of correction and responsibility, it's like you used your words, you used your hands to hurt, and so now I'm coming alongside you to help use your hands to to help and to heal. If this is a chronic issue, to be working outside of that conflict time, to build in our child an identity as a learner, because shame feeds aggression. It's like a child has an identity, I'm a bad kid that hits, versus you have to compare that to you can learn ways to be mad at mommy or daddy that will feel much better to you. And, and to mommy or daddy. And to mommy yeah. or daddy. Yeah. You can learn. You can grow. And looking at the little ways where they're starting to learn self-control or focusing on the times when they didn't hit, teaching them feelings words. We did a lot in our family about teaching kids the feelings words so they were well-established in their brains and they had a chance at accessing those when they were really upset. They didn't have that vocabulary solidly in place, then it's not going to come out when they're angry and they're going to hit instead. So this teaching and training outside of that time is really important. And then just looking at what the triggers are that usually set that off. Some kids, you know, they, they hear that, no, you can't have that, and it's boom, it's a trigger. So can you shift just thinking, okay, how can I instead of no, just lead with, well, you can this or you can that. You know, it's looking at what sets my child off. Maybe it's transitions. Look in the appendix of our book to help a child um, with transitions. Just doing some problem solving, reducing the stress on the child that often triggers the, the aggression. Yeah, that's good. So you just mentioned two things. You can do this or you can do that. The online course, Discipline That Connects with Your Child's Heart online course, we give so many options, right? That's just Mm -hmm. one of them. Two you-can choices Mm. is one of the tools that we teach to parents. Two choices. And then you mentioned the appendix of the book, Mm -hmm. the Discipline That Connects book. Right. We have a section in there about aggression. Yeah, Yeah. really good. You coach parents through this stuff. And, I mean, we talk a lot about this sort of thing in other places. But, you know, just very concretely, 
I mentioned that thing earlier about, about use, if you've used your hands to hurt, then use your hands to restore. Are there other ways that you help communicate this message on the magnet? Uh, you correct and communicate the message. You are responsible for what you've done. Well, there's just a lot of ways to invite kids to make right what they've made wrong. Maybe they plan a special connection with a parent. Maybe they give them a back rub, something to, to help their body feel better. Maybe they draw them a picture with their hands to just focus on the the connection and the love and the relationship. Mm -hmm. Maybe they help with a chore if the parent is upset and just takes a break. Yeah. You know, they've lost time at their chores. So it's just inviting the child afterward in a variety of ways to to bless the parent to help so that they end up feeling better about themselves and moving away from that belief of I'm just a bad kid that hits. Yeah, I remember something so powerful with our young kids. You invented this thing called making love offerings. Like your behavior was hurtful to somebody else, whether it was a sibling or a parent, what's your love offering? And it wasn't just, you know, a cursory, this is a thing I'm going to do mm -hmm. in order to get on with my life. But it was like, you would sit with the kids, I would sit with the kids, be with them in this. What could we do to honor that sibling that you hurt? Or what could you do if you hurt mommy or daddy to let them know that you love them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, love gifts. And it's really important when we did that to make sure that that child felt safe and loved so that their heart was in it. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest piece that really helped that to be successful and reunite the people that had been in intense conflict. So there's a quick hit, Stacy, on how the magnet guides parents to help their kids know they're safe, they're loved, they're capable, and they're responsible. I love it. Really good. Thanks, Lynn, for being with us today and sharing all of your wisdom and insight with us and with the listeners. Mm -hmm. Jim, this was fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Super fun. As always. Really yeah. rich conversation yeah. today. We really hope that listeners get lots of tools today, and I think they did. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Connected Families podcast. We hope you got tips that you can use in your parenting today. Please subscribe and leave us a positive review so other families can find us and learn how to parent with peace and connection.